for all the people that are listening today, my guest is Ryan Huber. Uh, and I came across Ryan on YouTube. I don't really share a lot about my passion about airplanes, but I've been playing Flight Simulator since I was like nine years old. Yeah. And I play Flight Simulator on Xbox uh, quite often uh, right here next to me while I'm working. And uh, I was just watching YouTube videos on planes and I'm watching videos of, of planes landing at JFK and, and private jets. And, you know, I typed in private jet charter and ryan popped up on my screen and i watched a couple of his videos and i was like yo this guy's pretty cool he's got a lot of content about entrepreneurship he's got a lot of content about fitness he's got a lot of content about real estate and i was like gotta get this guy on the podcast so we're going to talk a little bit about what you're up to your personal growth journey your entrepreneurship journey some of the biggest lessons that you've learned not only just becoming a pilot but into your entrepreneurship journey as well and uh, just leave a couple golden nuggets for the audience today. How's that sound? Yeah, absolutely. Let's do All it. Man. So let's uh, let's take a couple steps back. Tell us a little bit about your story. You can start from wherever, but yeah. tell us a little bit how you became a pilot and and what you're up to now. Yeah. So um, it really started with my my grandma. So when I was a little kid, she used to take me to Peachtree to Cab Airport around Atlanta, Georgia. So it's uh kind of a little municipal airport, business jets fly out of there, small airplanes. And there was a playground by the airport. So like every other weekend or once a month, she would take me to go watch airplanes. We'd play on the playground. That was just kind of our thing. So from a young age, I just thought airplanes were really cool. I didn't really know what exactly I wanted to do with airplanes, but I just always thought they were super cool in the back of my head. So I was like, you know, one day when I grow up, I want to do something with planes because that just always kind of stuck with me. So, um, Fast forward a couple of years, because of that experience, when I was a little kid, for my 10th birthday, I wanted to take a flight lesson. So when I was really young, I was like 10 years old, and I was like, I want to fly, I want to do this now. And the rules are you can't get your pilot's license until you're 17. But me at 10 years old, I thought I could do anything. And I was like, I want to fly now. Like, I'm going to convince the FAA that I'm going to get my license. <laughs> <laughs> So like my parents were like, all right, Ryan, like we'll get you an intro flight for your 10th birthday and we'll see how it goes. And they got me a flight, a flight lesson and I absolutely loved it. And funnily enough, they thought it would scare me. So they thought like it would scare me away from it. And I'd be like, oh shit, I don't, I don't want to fly anymore. That was crazy, but I absolutely loved it. And then I remember like coming home and I was like, all right, like when's the next one? And they're like, Ryan, you're 10 years old. Like you would know doesn't make sense for you to do all these flight lessons and we don't have the money to do this right now. And like, you know, maybe you could do a few more over the years, but you can't get your license until you're 17. So I was devastated. I was like crying. I didn't know what to do. I was like, you know, how, how am I going to get my pilot's license? And um, I actually sent the FAA an email letter, um, like trying to persuade them why I should be 10 years old and get my pilot's license and not have to be 17. And I think my mom still has it somewhere. So. Oh my gosh. So I was Legend. Like, email to FAA and try and persuade them. Legend. That didn't work out. So um, kind of similar to you, I messed around with a, a flight simulator when I was a kid. Um, I think I got one when I was 11 or 12. And it was like Microsoft Flight Simulator X. Had the little yoke pedals. And I'd, I'd be on the desktop and messing with that. And I remember I'd like take off, put it on autopilot, and then go jump jump on the trampoline for like two hours and come back and see where the plane was and then go land it. So um, I don't do that anymore. Uh, <laughs> 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 I actually fly for planes now and I'm not just chilling in the back with it on autopilot. I wish it was that easy. But um, yeah, so loved aviation as a kid. 
Um, fast forward to high school, I wasn't into it as much. It kind of fizzled out. I, I you know, was normal high schooler. And then um, when I graduated, I was like, okay, what do I want to do? And I remember researching a school called Embry-Riddle, which is like the top aviation school in the country, if not the world. They have a few different campuses, but um, I ended up going there for college and I was just like, I want to do something in aviation. I, I still wasn't sure if I wanted to be a pilot full time, if I wanted to get into aviation business, whatever. So I was like, I'll go there. I got a, a decent scholarship, went there for about a year and I was pursuing um, like aviation business, but I wasn't flying. And I guess I should mention that before that in high school, I got my private pilot's license. So I, I learned to fly, got my private pilot's license in high school. I was a senior, uh, just did it at a local flight school. So I had the aviation thing going, but I wasn't sure, you know, do I fly professionally? Do I sell airplanes? Do I work for Boeing and do something? You know, I didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do, but um, I went to the school and um did that for a year and I saw other kids there that were flying and pursuing the like airline pilot route or, you know, jet pilot route. And I just thought to myself after a year, I was like, if I don't ever fly a jet in my life, I'm going to completely regret it. So I need to do this. So I kind of took a step back and said, I can go two ways. I can go through school and then maybe get my ratings after, or I can do my ratings now and then come back to school. And the most important thing in flying is how many hours you have. So it's all based on hours, how much experience. So I'm like, if I build the hours now, I can maybe get a job, flight instruct, something like that, and then do school online on the side. So I left school. I ended up going to a trade school called ATP Flight School. It's the, the largest aviation trade school in the country. And I went there because it's an accelerated track. So it was the fastest way I could get all my ratings. Because for those listening that don't know, you start off with your private pilot certificate. And that allows you to fly little four-seat airplanes like a Cessna. You can go buzz around with your friends and family. But you can't fly for hire and you can't go fly a jet with just that license. So I had that leaving high school. But I said, okay, I need to do the rest which is instrument, commercial, flight instructor, multi-engine, things like that. So I went to ATP. I ended up um, getting the program done in, I think it was five months and three weeks or like- Wow. In three weeks, it was super fast. So I- Flying eight hours a day. Well, kind of, yeah. So we usually yeah. fly like two hours a day, sometimes four. And then there was a lot of ground school on top of that. But it was like a Monday through Friday, every single day type of thing. And I remember the first day I showed up there, they scheduled my next check ride before I even took a lesson. So it was like, all right, next week's going to be your multi-engine private check ride. And we start the curriculum today. And in seven days, you got to go past the test. And I was wow. like, oh my God. Yeah. So I was like, okay. So it was really fast, but um, I went through that and getting into the content side of things in YouTube, um, I documented a lot of my training on YouTube. Uh, through ATP. And that's kind of what I'm known for, I guess, or my main kind of content. Like people will recognize me for that because I was really interested in the program that I ended up doing, but there wasn't a whole lot of documentation or YouTube videos on what it was truly like. Mm -hmm. So I went it and I said, okay, week by week, I'm going to document my training, how it's going and show people the process. And I also thought it would be a good way to hold myself accountable because I knew that if I was posting videos saying, hey, today's my multi-engine check ride or today's my instrument check ride, 
I couldn't fail or if I did, I'd have to tell everybody about it. So I was like, I'm going to hold myself accountable by making these videos and posting my progress. Right. Smart. Um, yeah, I ended up doing that. Uh, I got some traction. Um, I inspired a lot of people to go to ATP flight school and just get into flying in general. So that's pretty cool to have people DM me every once in a while and be like, Hey, I got into flying because of you or people will see me at the airport. And, uh, that's pretty neat. Um, so yeah, I went to that school, uh, graduated super quick. Um, and they ended up having a partnership with Arizona state university and kind of funny backstory, but I was, I was dating a girl at the time who we both lived in Georgia, but she was going to Arizona state and the flight school that I went to had a partnership with Arizona state. So I'm like, okay, cool. When I graduate, I'll just go instruct for Arizona state. We'll live together. It'll be this great thing. I was like 19 at the time. Uh, I ended up doing that. And then like a week into it, she was like, Hey, uh, this isn't really working out. I want to go be a sorority girl and live my life. And you're not really like in the same world as me. And so that didn't work out. The relationship failed, but I stayed in Arizona, which is kind of the best market for flight training because the weather's so good year round. So there's a ton of flight schools out there. So I went out to Arizona, uh, knew nobody out there besides my ex-girlfriend who, you know, that faded out and, um, just started applying for jobs, got a job at uh, a local flight school, started teaching people to fly. And then through that, um, one of the schools I taught for, they had a charter department as well. So they had the flight school side and then they also had a little citation jet that they would charter and the owner of the flight school would run charter trips on it. And so when I interviewed, one of the first things they asked me, they're like, he got a call in the interview for a charter trip. And he was like, hey, you want to come with me to Vegas next week? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. And so I got to write, sit right seat on this citation jet and go with him to Vegas and experience like the private jet charter lifestyle, the, the pilot lifestyle. And I was, I was hooked on that. Um, I always wanted to fly private jets just because I thought it was super cool. And it's a little bit more niche than the airlines. And we could get into that. But um, did that, uh, instructed for a while, built time up. Um, and then I I, I ended up like passing out res passing out resumes at um, the local airport that I was at. So I would go around like it'd be 110 degrees in Arizona, and I'd wear a suit and like go into different charter companies and like just give them my resume because I'd be like, "Hey, I, you probably don't need me now. I'm this. I was maybe 20 at the time. I'm 19, 20 years old. I don't have much time, but in the future, if you need anybody, here's my resume. Just keep me in mind." So I did that while I was instructing, and then I got a call from a charter company started doing that full-time flying a citation CJ3. I was a first officer on that, uh, flew charter out of Scottsdale, kind of all over the country around North America. I was probably 20 at that time. And then um, kind of crazy thing, but through networking and uh, a friend that I had at Embry-Riddle back in the day, I got a call uh, while I was kind of looking for new jobs. And he said, there's this guy in Egypt, in Cairo, Egypt, that needs pilots on a Gulfstream G650. And I was like, well, why are you calling me? You know, I'm this kid. I don't really have much experience. And it sounded too good to be true at the time. But uh, I applied anyway, and I ended up talking to the guy, and it worked out. And I got hired to fly this G650 for a, a billionaire over in Egypt. And um, a lot of the reason was they had three pilots at the time who were all seasoned captains. And the, the billionaire was kind of stingy and they wanted to hire four pilots so that they could rotate home and kind of have a better schedule. 
But they're like, if we hire a fourth, it's going to be more money. So let's just take the third pilot salary and split it into like two first officer salaries. So I was kind of undercutting the market in a way, but I was, I was getting paid, not what I should have been paid, but I was like, I want to go, you know, fly all over the world and fly this cool airplane. I'm like, screw it. I don't care what I'm getting paid. Um, you know, so I, I went over to Cairo and ended up doing 45 days on 45 days off on a rotational schedule, flying a, a G650 over there for a billionaire for about three years. Um, and then since then, I've flown for a bunch of different wealthy people on Gulf Streams in particular around North America. And then now I'm flying a, a G650 as a co-captain out of Miami. So it's been a yeah crazy ride. And um, yeah, it's I'm super fortunate because most people in their early 20s aren't flying that kind of equipment and having a lot of these experiences. So it's it's been a blessing. And I never thought I'd get to flying these type of airplanes like this quickly. Um, but it's it's been really cool. Congratulations, dude. That is that sounds so freaking cool. Traveling the world. Yeah. Shaking hands and rubbing shoulders with people who are doing massive things. And uh that is just that's really cool, dude. So let me ask you this where Where's the next level for you from here? How do you level up from where you're at right now? That's a really good question because um, it, it's kind of been tough because I didn't think I'd be at this level as a pilot like this early in my life. For me, when I was younger, I was like, you know, maybe it'll take 10 years or 15 years. It ended up taking, you know, a few years. Um, so there might be opportunity to get into aircraft sales, aircraft management, something like that in the aviation side. Also, I experimented with other industries because one of the, the beautiful things about being a pilot is we don't work every day. So it's not like a typical nine to five where you clock in, you work eight hours, 12 hours, and you're grinding every day. Like we might fly once a week or we might have, you know, a week off, two weeks off, depending on our client's schedule. So that gives me a lot of time to pursue other business ventures. So um, one thing that I did while I was in Egypt, uh, while we had downtime was I got into real estate wholesaling. So I know that you know, you sell houses and you might be familiar. Are you familiar with wholesaling in, in that model? Like finding off market properties, getting them under contract and then yeah. selling the contract to a buyer. Yeah, exactly. So I, I started doing that in 2019. Um, and I did that for about three years. Uh, yeah, I'd be like cold calling from a hotel room at the Four Seasons in Cairo. Awesome. Dude, the dream. Yeah, it's, it was pretty wild. So it'd the be like, dream. Three in the morning, I'm in my underwear, cold calling sellers, and they're in Atlanta, and they're like, "Why is the signal so bad? I can't hear you." And I'm like, "I don't know. Like, let me let me step outside my office real quick." And I'm, you know, in in Africa, northern Africa, trying to call them and make offers on their houses. Um, but yeah, so I did that for a while. Um, I, I actually did um, an internship with uh, Cardone Capital. So um, yeah, if you don't know, I, I fly for Grant Cardone right now. So oh, okay. I'm one of Grant Cardone's pilots and I fly for him. And um, I did an internship with Cardone Capital um, in their you know, multifamily um, fund. So yeah, I think you know, real estate long-term is something that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, I want to build that more, um, get into multifamily. I think it's the best asset you can have for tax advantages, wealth, protection, et cetera. So um, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I'm actually an investor of Cardone Capital. Oh, okay. Nice. 
Yeah, so I uh, I put I, I not too, not too much money, a little bit into uh, one of the funds. I'm a non-accredited investor, yeah. but I got into one of the funds. You know, it was COVID. It was like you know, threw some money in Bitcoin, threw some money in real estate, threw some money in stocks. Might as well give a couple thousand to Uncle G. You know what I mean? So yeah, I'm I'm a I got a seventeen dollar dividend a couple weeks ago. There you in, go, mid July, and there we go, baby. That's for life. Yeah, that's, that's for life. Yeah. I should have gave him more money. So um, that's cool. You fly for Green Cardone. Oh, that yeah. is awesome, man. Really cool. So, so being a pilot has really given you the time to work on other ventures and you see yourself building a legacy or a future or a portfolio, if you will, in other assets like real estate. But I want to talk more about actually the content creation because you're you're doing good on YouTube, man. You got a video that's done three hundred and forty thousand views. You yeah. know, you got a like got a couple that have done over a hundred thousand, if not close. So, you know, where are you at with the content creation? Like is that a piece of your income or, or do you see that growing long term? Do you feel like putting some time, energy, and attention into YouTube. And I know you got you got a good following on Instagram as well. Is going to compound over time. What are your thoughts and opinion on that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a de definitely a good vehicle. And a personal brand is huge. Um, I, I've slacked on it recently. I, I should be posting more. I need to post more. Um, it hasn't been the top priority for me recently. And it kind of comes in waves. I think it's tough to be consistent on. And a lot of people don't realize like, and my fiance does content full time. She does like influencer work and then she works for a med spa and does their social media marketing. But it's a full time job. So, <sighs> like making YouTube videos. Dude, you're telling me, dude. Like it's, it's absolutely a full time job. So, um, some of my time is, I think, better used in, in trying to do other things. But I definitely want to come back to YouTube in the right way. Um, really, like if I'm, if I want to come back to it and really go at it, I want to make sure that I'm providing the right value, the right content, and doing it from a place that's not just a like a view suck or a money grab in a way. Because you know, I thought about different things I could do with the channel, but um, yeah, I definitely do have some traction with YouTube. I've you know, I started it in 2016, so I think I have 101 videos, um, but it's it's been spaced out over a long period of time. So uh, yeah, like seven years. So it's kind of just, it's a slow burn, but, um, to answer one of your questions, like it, it does pay, it pays a little bit of money. I think I get $200 a month pretty consistently as just like a cash flow passive income off of it. And like, I haven't posted a video and since the beginning of this year, I think so, six months ago, dude. Yeah. So you haven't posted in six months. Yeah. No pays, but, um, yeah, I need, I need to commit to something, even if it's just one video a month and then. Just build from there. You know, a video a month, video every two weeks, video a week, and then try and put more out there for sure. Yeah, dude, you're so right, man. Content creation and and putting out content on a consistent basis is so tough. And for me, I so a little bit about me. I went to University of Florida, grew up in Palm Beach, Florida, and uh, right when I graduated college, I went on a TV show called Big Brother on CBS. Oh, okay, yeah reality tv show eight guys eight girls locked in a house no phone no tv nothing to read all competing for half a million dollars now i did not win i was yeah. 23 years old i'm now 32 but yeah. i was 23 years old at the time just graduated from college and uh being on the show you come out with some followers right so i had 300,000 instagram followers a couple hundred thousand twitter followers youtube subscribers whatever but at the time i didn't know what to do with it 
Yeah. And I was I was a lost puppy, dude. I had no direction in life. I knew nothing about personal finance. I knew nothing about self-development. I knew nothing about entrepreneurship. I was like, oh, let me just post random ass shit on Instagram and YouTube and Twitter. Well, yeah. I lost a lot of followers because people didn't know what they were going to get. And I was kind of just an idiot. But then in 2015, I got into real estate. Right. And I started selling real estate in 2015 down in like Delray Beach area, um, yeah. which I'm sure there's a 10X uh, living over there. And yeah. um, so I started selling real estate and then I started being in rooms with people who were millionaires and I started being around people who were buying real estate and started being around people that were buying stocks. I was like, all right, let me give this a try. Bought my first rental property in 2016. It was a one bedroom condo. I bought it for 90 grand, Right. Rented it out for twelve hundred bucks a month. I was like, all right, this this is working, right? I was like, all right, cash flowing like yo, I was doing, I was making I was cash flowing like seven hundred a month. I was like, there's no way, dude, it was, dude. It was a one bedroom condo. I still own it. One bedroom condo, five hundred square feet, no washer and dryer. It's in an HOA. HOA is like three hundred. Okay. Um, but because Palm Beach, Jupiter area, seasonally, December through March, May, a lot of the Cardinals, the Astros, the Nationals, and the Marlins all do their spring training here. On top of that, it's a big uh, golf capital. So Tiger Woods, Michael Jordan, you know Donald Trump. I mean, everyone who's anybody plays golf in Jupiter, Florida. Um, so seasonally, demand here almost over 10Xs. And uh, I closed it in I closed in January, and I listed it. And someone's like, "I'll pay you eighteen hundred a month for four yeah, months like, like per month." I was like, "Well, my mortgage I financed sixty grand at three yeah. percent. It literally thirty year fixed rate mortgage, right? And my, uh, everything, including HOA's tax insurance, was like it was like eight hundred and fifty bucks. I was like, yeah. I was like, am I on to something? So then, long story short, I was like, double down, right? Let's buy another one. Let's buy stocks." Let's wake up early. Let's hit the gym. Let's eat healthy. Let's read books. Let's ask more questions to more rich people. Yeah. Seven years later, you know, it's been doubling my net worth every single year. You know, I'm not a millionaire yet, but I'm close. Yeah. And it's about having conversations with rich people. And it's about learning from other people's mistakes. And it's about doing small things, small wins each and every single day. But I want to hear more about like your personal growth story. Like, what are some of the things that you're focused on? What are some things that you're trying to get better at? What skills are you trying to sharpen? And where do you see yourself going from here? Yeah, that's a great question. And um, kind of to take it back a little bit, I've always been into like personal growth, personal development. I think that's something that's huge in my life and has been foundational. And a lot of which because like my my parents weren't ultra successful. Um, you know, I grew up with a single mom. It wasn't like I had these like, glorious role models to look up to. And um, you know, I took some things from them, but a lot of it was like kind of lessons on what not to do. So I found a lot of inspiration online from people like Grant, Ty Lopez, um, you know, Gary V, a lot of the you know typical gurus, and then more kind of in the weed stuff, but books, etc. But yeah, I think um, one thing that I'm like trying to focus on now is just focusing on the journey. I think one thing that I got stuck with a few years ago was I was so like results and destination driven that once I got to a certain place, it was like, where do I go now? And it was kind of, you're always chasing the carrot of happiness or fulfillment or whatever that looks like, you know, like, oh, when I fly a Jeep 650 or when I make this much money or 
you know, if I just scale my business to, you know, 20,000 a month, 100,000 a month, whatever it may be, then like, then it'll be good. Or like when I can just tweak these systems and the business is doing this, then it'll be good and I'll be happy. Or, you know, when I have the the penthouse and the car and like, but as you go along, you realize that um, that's very fleeting and it doesn't bring you happiness. And then you'll get to some of these places and it's like, now what? And, um, you know, some of the best moments of my life were like 2017, sleeping on an air mattress in a one bedroom apartment, making 25 bucks an hour, flight instructing, grinding my ass off in the hot Arizona summer, you know, next to some kid in a plane buzzing around and turbulent, sweating, like almost passing out, you know, carrying a gallon of water because we're just sweating this little airplane with no air conditioning. Like those are some of the best times of my life. And, you know, there's joy in that just as much as there is accomplishing something or having the the nice watch or the nice car. And um, yeah, I think shifting my focus over the last couple of years has been huge for me and just trying to focus on progress, focus on the daily actions. Um, a good book is like Atomic Habits, I think is really good focusing our like, I think it's the 1% rule or there's another book like talking about just 1% better every day or focusing on the day. Um, I think is is super important because like if you can win the day, you're winning life. And um, there's a quote that I like a lot. I don't know exactly what it is. I was trying to think of it before the call, actually. But it, it goes like you have two men that are walking and ask is like walk 100 miles. And there's one guy that's focused on 100 miles. And there's another guy that just loves walking. The guy that loves walking is always going to go further than the one that's just focused on the goalpost. I think that's huge. And um, I try and apply that more and more into my life, especially now, um, you know, every day. Yes, dude, so true. It's all about the journey, man. Because look, 10, 20 years from now, we're going to be multi, multi millionaires. We're going to have the house. We're going to have the cars. And we're going to say, man, don't you wish we were 26, 27, 30 years old again? Like grinding, trying to put YouTube uh, videos up, grinding on the podcast, grinding, trying to make some money. So, Dude, you're so right. So let me ask you this then. Knowing that, and that being one of the biggest lessons you've learned, or at least what you're trying to be more intentional about, shifting the focus from the destination to the journey, embracing the journey, loving the journey, right? Making the most out of each and every single day. How do you do that? And what do you need to be intentional about? Or what are some of like those micro shifts, cosms, perspective changes that you got to remind yourself each and every single day to make sure that you're actually doing that and not looking too far ahead. That's yeah, that's where the the rubber meets the road. Um, I think I think a lot of it is is health. I think a lot of it for me is health and sleep play a huge role in my mental health, and I notice that a ton. Like if I sleep bad, or if I'm not eating well, or if I'm drinking more. I think that takes a huge drain on my mental capacity. So like eating the right things, going to bed at a good time, getting sleep. Um, you know, it's funny, people like overlook sleep and hustle culture is like, you know, oh, you sleep four hours a day, sleep when you're dead, you know, grind, grind, grind. And if you listen to, you know, I've gone down the rabbit hole as I'm, I'm sure you probably have too, with a lot of the different biohacking books, health books, and the kind of, it's, it's almost um, like defeating when you hear that, like they'll just be like, oh, like sleep really good or sleep's the most important thing. And you're like, well, that's not what I paid the money for. Like what, what are all of the little hacks and the crazy stuff? And you're like, no, they're just like, no, like sleep really well. And that's like 90%. Uh, and it's true, you know, sleep good, eat good. I think that's uh, huge. Um, you know, waking up early, 
or waking up in accordance with um, like your sleep chronotype and what works well for you uh, is really important. I think that not everybody's created equal. Some people need more sleep, less sleep times of the day, but um, you know, find something that works for you and stick with it. And then, um, you know, just focus on uh, the daily tasks. And I think if you have a big goal, breaking it down into daily actions and focusing on the actions is a lot more important than focusing on the, the goal or the result. You can say, I want to be a millionaire. Um, and Grant Cardone talks about this a lot, but it's like, what's the millionaire math? So it's like, okay, how much money is that per day? How much money is that per hour? Or depending on what business you're in, if your average deal size as a real estate agent is call it a $10,000 commission. So you've got to sell a hundred houses at a $10,000 commission to make a million dollars. So a hundred houses is what is that? Th th give my math six. What's a hundred divided by 12? hundred divided eight, eight houses a month, eight houses a month. So you got to sell eight houses a month. So two houses a week. So appointments you have to go on, how many cold you have to make to, to get those appointments. And I think if you focus on that and then you, the goal shifts from a million dollars a year to this many cold calls or this many appointments, then you can focus on the journey and fall in love with that. And even if the day goes bad, you say, well, at least I hit my hundred cold calls and I made, or I did my two appointments today or whatever it may be. And so I think there's a lot more peace in that than trying to rush a goal or, um, you know, focus on the million. And I saw a video you posted on Instagram before the call here that I liked a lot with Gary V. The one with Gary talking about uh, patience and humility. And you were like, you're like, the million's going to come if I just focus on the same things. Cause you're like, when I'm 65, I'm still going to be waking up at 4:30 and grinding and doing this. So I think that's huge, man. And, um, you know, it's like, and then when the million comes, like now what? Or when a billion comes, it's like now what? Like what are you gonna do? Are you just gonna go travel the world and sit on a beach and drink mai tais? And that's fun. I've done it. You know, I've been fortunate to travel to over 20, 25 countries. And uh, you know, I've been to Monaco, I've been to Thailand, Bali, um, you know, Italy, Geneva, all kinds of crazy places, Cabo, Tulum, wherever. And, you know, it's fun for a week to go, you know, tip drinks and go to the beach club and hang out and do your thing, but then it's like after a while that gets old and it's, it's not very fulfilling. You know, you can, you can travel the whole world in a year and see it all and be like, all right, that was cool. Uh, you can go down some of these like hedonistic paths, you know, get a couple of sick cars. Like I'm not a huge car guy and I, you know, I don't have the money yet to go just buy Lambos and Ferraris and all that crap. But let's say you do like after a while, then, you know, now what, you know? So it's like, I feel like you, you got to focus on the journey progress and, you know, ultimately, you know, do something daily that's going to fulfill you. And that's a lot more than just like, okay, we hit the target. And then, you know, what now? Right, right. So what I heard is self-care is the most important thing, right? Making sure we're getting good sleep, making sure we're eating healthy, making sure we're working out, and then hitting those micro goals each and every single day, right? Like this year, I, you know, I'm trying to make a hundred grand as a life coach, a hundred grand as a realtor, right? How many clients do I need every single month? How many clients do I need every single you know week to hit that hundred thousand? Well, it's one one new client a week. I want to sell twelve houses to make over one hundred twenty grand as a realtor. How many dials do I got to make each and every single day? Right, and my micro goals are: I gotta 
have five live interviews a day. I got to talk to five new people a day. Ask them about their family. Ask them what they do for work. Ask them what they like to do for fun. Ask them what their dreams are. And then somehow organically pivot that conversation to real estate or somehow organically pivot that conversation to life coaching, right? So I, I think you hit the nail on the head, man. It's all about just hitting those daily goals each and every single day. So let me ask you this question, Ryan. What are some of the goals that you're sprinting towards right now? Like, what is a goal that you have that's like a little out of reach? But if you 10x your action, you'll, you'll hit that goal. What are you really focused on right now? That's a good question. Um, I would say, I would say, I mean, my, my kind of overwhelming financial goal is $100,000 a month passive from owning real estate, specifically multifamily. So finding deals, finding partners, syndicating deals, that's something that I'm not in right now, but I want to get into and accomplish over the next 10 years. Um, so I, I think that's you know a big goal that I have and something that I want to pursue. And um, yeah, yeah, I think- All around uh, the country or in South Florida? I'd say I'd say mostly Florida. I like the Florida market a lot. Um, it depends on where deals make sense, but I think Florida, Arizona, Texas, Sunbelt are really good markets. For- now, do you do you want to be like a hands-on investor where you own it? You're going to do the property management and stuff like that, or do you want to have partners? Tell me a little bit more about what I'm trying to accomplish. Maybe we can help each other. Yeah. Um- I think to start off with, like syndicating, bringing on partners, I don't have a ton of capital to go buy stuff right now. Um, but like syndicating deals, starting with like an eight plex, a 12 plex, getting into bigger stuff, uh, and then just scaling up from there. Um, but ultimately, I want to be a GP. I want to be in control of these deals um, and then raise money and, and syndicate larger stuff. Like I'm, I'm really inspired by what Grant's done and he's first-hand role model on a lot oh of my it. Gosh. Um, you know, it's like $5 billion assets under management, some of the most pristine multifamily assets around Florida and the country. And, um, and it's not even about just like the buildings or the flex or the number, but there's so much security with the asset class and with the cash flow and what that provides, tax advantages, generational wealth, and that's something that you can pass on to your family. Um, and I think I think real estate more than anything is indestructible. I mean, we've seen different asset cl- classes go up and down, stocks, crypto, whatever you're into. Um, but I don't think real estate is ever going to go down. <laughs> no, you, I mean, you, you can touch a building, you can touch a house, you can't, can't touch a Bitcoin. Yeah, exactly. So I mean. In the short term, there, there's corrections and stuff. We're seeing that in, in office buildings, the commercial space. Markets are kind of frozen. Interest rates keep going up. Um, but over the long term, people are always going to need a place to live. So long term, that's a very safe play. And um, a coin phrase that a lot of people have and Grant even uses is it's not get rich quick. It's get rich for sure. And if you stack your cards right and do real estate over a long period of time, it's pretty much a for sure way to get rich. And it's not, it's not quick. It's not like you're going to go out and buy a few buildings in a couple of months and be making millions of dollars or have you know, a huge portfolio. But if you chip away at it, then uh, it's pretty much guaranteed if you look at most people that have done it successfully. Dude, love it, man. I'm all about it. 
real estate is a great vehicle to park wealth. It's a great vehicle to grow wealth. You know, I know Grant uh, up until recently was all about buying rentals and renting where he lives. He shifted out. He bought a, a beautiful house in California that I think he he's staying at a little bit, which is nice. It's a beautiful house right on the water. And uh, you know, whether you're you're buying real estate to rent it out or you're buying a house to live in for more than seven years or so, real estate's a great investment, guys. It really is. Unfortunately, there's a high barrier to entry. You got to have at least, I mean, minimum, minimum 5% down. It's better if you got closer to 20. And, you know, Grant would tell you, don't you dare put down 20%. But someone who I'm a fan of who actually has a lot of beef with Grant, I'm going to say this. I'm a big fan of Dave Ramsey out there, guys. So if you uh, if you want to learn about personal finance and you want to learn from Grant and you also want to hear Devil's Advocate, the polar opposite of Grant's mentality of leverage and borrow people's money, listen to Dave Ramsey. And you know, like I say, guys, you know, just because you listen to Gary Vee or just because you listen to Grant Cardone or just because you listen to Dave Ramsey, you don't have to follow what they say by law, guys. Make what you like from each person and come up with your own plan. What real estate is is a, is a very very sure way to uh, to build wealth, man. Yeah, and I think that's a good point because there's so many people talking online, and it's like take take little things, but don't take everything as fact. And you know, take what speaks to you because everybody's different. So just because somebody wakes up at 4 a.m. and they hit the gym and they live a certain way or they have a certain mindset doesn't mean you have to fall into that. There's the four hour work week. There's the Gary B work week. There's, you know, real estate, there's leverage, there's no leverage. So it's like, do what speaks to you. And ultimately, you know, don't compare yourself to anybody else and, you know, follow your own journey. And I think that's another thing that um, is super important is like, follow your own path and your own journey and understand there's going to be failures and challenges and things along the way. And just because somebody else built something one way doesn't mean that you have to do exactly what they did. Absolutely. And also, we're all, we're all on our own timetable, right? Some Don't compare your chapter two to someone's chapter 30. Obviously, Grant is out here. He's a He was called the hidden billionaire for a little bit. I think it's clear he's, he is a billionaire at this point. Um, but, uh, you know, don't, don't compare yourself to Uncle G. Don't compare yourself to Dave Ramsey. Don't compare yourself to Gary Vee. Don't compare yourself to someone else who has more Instagram followers, more YouTube subscribers, or they might look like they have more money because they're driving a Tesla Model 3. I promise you guys, those cars are not that expensive. But to all those people out there uh, that want to follow Ryan, go ahead and follow Ryan on Instagram at it's Ryan Huber, Ryan Huber, I-T-S-R-Y-A-N Huber. And then go ahead and check him out on YouTube at Prop gear um i'm gonna drop his linked instagram uh instagram link and also the link to his youtube in the show notes below ryan dude it was a, an awesome conversation it was great connecting with you uh it was good adding you to my network maybe we can make, put a wholesale deal a wholesale deal together maybe we can raise some money and and buy a 16 door property uh but is there anything else you want to leave the audience with today anything else you want to say or share with uh people that are listening yeah, I think it's, um, I want to say it's a JFK quote, but it's uh, success is not final, failure is not fatal. It's the courage to continue that counts. So I'll give them that. That, um, you know, I've been through ups and downs with different things, failed businesses, you know, getting fired from jobs and, 
Um, and I've also had successes and I think it's, um, you know, failure is not fatal. Success is not final, but just keep going, continue, focus on each and every day and try and be better and focus on your own journey and, um, you'll prosper and you'll get to where you want to go. Love that. All right, Ryan. Well, listen, man, uh, continue to fly safe out there. Don't forget to, uh, bring the landing gear up when you take off and put it down when you're about to land. Uh, I'm going to go over here and, uh, continue to play my flight simulator I got a couple uh, landing challenges and a uh, 60 mile an hour wind over at JFK later today. Um, but it was a pleasure, pleasure getting to know you, my man. Uh, good luck with everything this year. Continue grinding, continue hitting that cardio, and uh, maybe we'll get a workout in it sometime. I head down to Miami often, at least twice a month. So next time I'm down there, if uh, if you're not too busy flying the G650, maybe we can uh, get together for a workout. Yeah, let's do it, man. Yeah, because uh, yeah, I'm in Fort Lauderdale, so. Okay, good. Not too far, not too far. Even easier. We'll definitely have to wake up soon. Sounds good, man. If you have not already signed up for the Live Better Now Run Club, click the link in the show notes to get your name on the waiting list. I'm only taking on 20 people at one time. This is a group coaching program where you will receive a custom training plan, a custom meal plan, monthly Zoom calls, weekly accountability, and a sponsorship by Garden of Life valued at $200. Head over to lifecoachzack.com slash livebetternowrunclub or click the link in the show notes to get your name on the list today.